This is episode 528 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Financial Preparedness for What is to Come. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, from time to time I get asked by listeners to the podcast or readers of Prepper Website how they can help support what I'm doing in the preparedness community. Now I don't have a Patreon or a donate button, but if you purchase from Amazon, you can support me by going through my link. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and I get a small percentage. Now, because I can't put a direct link to Amazon in my show notes, I will have a link to Prepper website that will take you to a page where you can go to Amazon through my link. Again, thank you so much for supporting Prepper website when you're with your purchases from Amazon. All right, so before I jump into the article of the podcast, I just wanted to uh, highlight two comments that came through. So Chip mentioned on the antibiotics uh, podcast with Dr. Bones, he said, great two episodes, chock full of prepper gold. Thank you, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy for the valuable and reliable information. Well, thanks, Chip, for your comment there. And then I also received one from Mandy, who was commenting on episode 526, and that was the episode when I talked about the economic spiral downward. And so she said, Uh, I enjoyed the podcast and I couldn't agree more with your perspective. We've had my parents living with us for a few years now. I've been overall pleasantly surprised at how well things have gone. They are both around 60 and still very capable. However, my mother's disability brings unpredictable hospital visits, multiple surgeries, and lots of at-home care. The chaos that was brought into the whole family when things really started spiraling was overwhelming. It has brought a lot of peace to the family, having them here in a stable setup. The details are challenging to maintain, and we really have to exercise a lot of self-control and really respect everyone's space. We do reasonably okay, but I wouldn't say things are ever just the way I would like them to be. Great episode. Thanks for all your hard work. We all benefit from it. All right, Mandy, thank you so much for that. And guys, if you are listening to or you listen to that episode and then you have maybe you've been reflecting on that, go back to episode 526 and leave me a comment. Uh, Share with us some ideas, maybe if you're going through this. Uh, And you can do that for any episode, really. And I'd like to share some ideas and thoughts that you have with other people out there because I know I'm one person, you know, I've done a lot of reading, I have some experience and all that kind of stuff, but there is a lot of collective wisdom out there. So if you have any great points that you would like to share, please don't hesitate to come over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com inside of that episode and just drop, you know, drop a comment there and I'll be happy to share that with the preparedness community. All right, so our article of the podcast comes to us from timgamble.com. And again, the article is entitled Financial Preparedness for What is to Come. Guys, I think this is one of the most important topics right now for us in the preparedness community. I'm seeing a lot of things. You know, one of the things that's pretty sad 
every once in a while, I run a broken link checker on Prepper website and on topprepperwebsites.com. And I do that because I just don't want, you know, there to be any you know, websites or whatever. Well, let me tell you this. So I there have been some websites that I have given up, like even church websites back in the day. And they get picked up by people and they will put something similar on there. So let's say like a preparedness website goes down, a prepper website, a survival website, whatever, it goes down and then someone sees that it went down, they pick it up and then they'll put a couple of articles on there that seem to be preparedness related or prepper related and they will benefit from that. And a lot of the times it has nothing really to do with it. It's just the verbiage that they're using, right? And so, uh, you know, I've seen that recently on one of the, the preparedness websites that I used to link to. It went dead. Somebody picked it up and they started tagging something along the lines of prepper and survival and stuff. But it was really just a way to promote some kind of, you know, mass marketing thing or whatever. It had nothing to do with what that site used to do. And so it's very easy to pick up a website that has gone down and then you redirect all the links. So people, maybe people have linked to it before in the past. And so there's articles out there that have linked to websites. And then, you know, those, those links, whoever picks up this new website can redirect them into the main website, right? So, and, and unless you are a website owner and you are checking your links on a regular basis, you wouldn't know that that happened. So I try to do that on a regular basis just to make sure that, you know, links that are broken or websites that have gone down, that I can go ahead and remove them before something like that happens. I'm sure there's some that I have not been able to catch uh, and because I've linked to so many of them on Prepper website throughout the years. But I've been doing that more recently and I've been finding a lot of websites that are going down. And there are just a lot of websites that, People are just kind of walking away from, which is to me so sad. I've I've written articles about this. I have even shared my thoughts with other people in the preparedness community. Is like, I mean, if you have a website where you have written content and it's good content, before you let it go, give it to someone. You know, at least hopefully they're downloading their their articles and they're saving them, but. You know, somebody who gets kind of fed up and like, I don't see any benefit from this anymore. And so they just let it go and they don't do anything with it. And I'm seeing more and more of that. And part of that is because preparedness right now, people think everything is good. And so, you know, we there was this this frenzy. It just kind of seemed like for the longest time where people were go, go, go into preparedness. And then it kind of just started to fizzle and people were hanging on and hanging on and then really it just it's really starting to fizzle big time i've seen it with some of uh you know closings of uh, online survival stores that have been around even some that have advertised with me for a long long time and they wound up just closing down because they weren't doing business anymore so I would tell you, you know, I know that I, I talk about supporting Prepper website on Amazon, but if there are survival stores out there or Prepper related stores out there, especially the ones, you know, that, that do advertise with Prepper website. I mean, if you were to go through their store, you know, through my link to their store, I'm not an affiliate for them. They're just advertising on the website. 
And really, to be honest with you, the the you know my advertising rates are not like some of the really big ones either. But if you were to go that way, then they were able to, they're able to see okay, you know this advertisement is uh, getting us some some business right through Prepper website. So we'll keep that advertisement up. But just the fact that hey, you can go ahead and. Uh, support these businesses as well because like I said one of the big ones closed down not too long ago a couple of months ago and I've seen it I've talked to other people and, and they're seeing it as well I'm telling you so right now there, there's two things one is people are just starting to get tired of the preparedness scene and they're just like I don't see any need for it because there has been so much preparedness preparedness thrown at you that it's kind of like, okay, I don't, you know, whatever, nothing's ever going to happen, right? They've been saying it's going to be the end of the world as we know it for so long. That's never going to happen. It's just going to continue to limp along. And other people are not necessarily burnt out, but they, they're just not seeing that the negativity of, you know, needing to prepare anymore, right? Outside of, you know, like a fire or a hurricane or whatever, you know, and they they go back in, in their mind and say, well, I can quickly prepare for that, you know, if that was the case. So you, you have that aspect of it going on in all the while, nothing ever changed. All the fun fundamentals are the same. We are still in, a, you know, crunch time here in, in America as far as our economy and stuff like that. And, you know, that's something that I've always talked about. And so one of the things that I think is very important, and I talked about this on, on the Monday episode, right? That economic spiral downward. If nothing major happens, if nothing big happens, then we are going to continue that economic spiral downward. And it will start to go down and down, and eventually it picks up steam. Kind of like what you saw in Venezuela. And if you've heard the news about what's going on in Venezuela right now, it is not good. People are looting big time. I mean, it was already, you know, bad scene, but it's even gotten worse, right? And so that's that's kind of where I, I feel like we would be headed if we don't, you know, get the 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 big one, whatever that might be, right? And so that's that's one thing that we need to prepare ourselves for and to think about as we move forward because we're not just talking about ourselves we're talking about our families we're talking about our kids and we're talking about how to best prepare one of the ways is financially financial preparedness needs to be one of those things it's not as sexy as talking about you know knives and firearms and going out and bugging out and all that kind of stuff but financial preparedness is a big thing and that can do more for you to keep you, you know, in on the straight and narrow, let's say, uh, you know, better prepared than a lot of the other things that you can do. That's one of the reasons why, again, I focused on the Monday episode. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, this one here. We're going to read Tim Gamble's article. And then I want to talk at the very end. I want to share something, just one of my experiences actually today and why I'm, I'm coming uh, why I'm coming from this point of view that I'm coming from. So let's go ahead and jump into this article again, coming to us from timgamble.com, financial preparedness for what is to come. We may be facing difficult economic times very soon, or it may be a few years off. Either way, there will be another economic downturn. There always is. When it happens, it will be especially difficult for the folks who are living paycheck to paycheck. That's most of us. 
in debt up to their eyeballs and with little or no savings. Debt, whether personal, business, or government, is bad. It creates stress and makes one much more vulnerable to economic downturns. Now, Financial preparedness requires eliminating consumer debt. Credit cards, car loans, payday loans, personal loans, and installment plans. This will mean you have to put yourself on a budget and stick with it. It will probably mean putting off major purchases, avoiding impulse purchases, and denying yourself luxury items. It may mean taking bag lunches to work. It may mean selling your new car to get out of the loan, replacing it with an older model without payments. It may mean having a major yard sale to raise some money. It may even mean taking on a second job. It will take some sacrifice to eliminate debt in your life, but the benefit will be more than worth it. Now, building some emergency savings will have to be done at the same time. Yard sales are a great way to bring in extra cash to do this. So is a second job in the evenings or on the weekends. Put the money somewhere safe, such as an insured CD or money market account in a stable bank or credit union. Do your own homework or check with several companies that offer ratings on the soundness and safety of various financial institutions. Don't worry about getting top interest. Safety and liquidity is your goal for your emergency savings, not growth. I agree with Tim there on really really looking at credit unions as usually the best deal. And then we're you know parking your money in a CD. I don't necessarily uh, agree with that. As far as a lot of the times that's going to be locked in for a certain amount of time. You, the liquidity, liquidity aspect of that, you want to put that in a money market or just put it in a savings account where you can quickly get to it, maybe transfer money from your savings to your checking and you have quick access to it. So that's just my two cents there. So once your debt is paid off and you have accumulated some emergency savings, then you can turn your attention to saving for long range goals, such as the purchase of a new car, a new home or retirement. Use common sense, avoid overly risky investments, and seek professional advice of someone you can trust. No investment is perfectly safe. Cash savings are subject to losing value to inflation. Stocks and mutual funds are subject to the ups and downs of the market. Land is subject to property taxes and eminent domain. Converting all your money to gold and silver and burying it in the backyard is subject to thieves. There are no guarantees in life. The best you can do is use reason and common sense to remain vigilant and to take responsibility for ensuring your own future. So get back to the financial basics. Make sure you are spending less than you earn. Avoid taking on any new debt. Don't use credit cards, payday loans, or installment plans of any type. Pay cash or make do without. Build some emergency savings. Get on a budget or spending plan and stick to it. Avoid impulse purchases. Scale back your lifestyle sharply. Find the best bargains by doing comparison shopping using shopping lists, clip coupons. So why pay off debt if we are headed towards high inflation? It may be true that by waiting to pay off debt, you will be paying it off with cheaper dollars. However, there are other considerations. For one, debt puts you, your family, and your assets at risk. Pay off your debts now while you're employed and you run less risk of losing your home or other assets if you become unemployed later. Besides, deflation may be in the future if things go a certain way. 
or even worse, a period where we experience both deflation of major assets such as homes, land, vehicles, because people simply can't afford them, and inflation of food and everyday items that we must have at any cost at the same time. Debt can also be very stressful, especially in difficult times, which can be a real detriment to your health and your ability to make calm decisions at a time when you most need both. Another reason is that debt can shackle you to your current job and circumstances when what is really needed in bad times is freedom and flexibility. Finally, people tend not to realize how fast interest, late fees, and other penalties can add up. You may be paying off your debt later with cheaper dollars, but still be paying more in real terms because of all the added interest and penalties. So when I was a small child, the 1970s, the only telecommunications expense my family or most families had was the telephone, and that was a landline, of course. TV programs were free over the air, and there was no internet. Today, many families pay for a landline, multiple cell phones, special ringtones, cable or satellite TV subscriptions, extra movie channels, internet connections, gaming, and movie subscriptions like Netflix, Hulu, etc. And they also pay for special apps for their $500 or more smartphones, even satellite radio subscriptions. So for most families, major savings can be found in this budget category. Do you really need a smartphone? Do you really need the absolute latest and most expensive version of your smartphone? I have a regular cell phone myself, but it is the basic model that only cost me $19.99 and I didn't have to commit to a plan. I can text and make phone calls on my cheap phone as easily as you can on your smartphone. A cell phone may be a necessity for many today, but also the expensive bells and whistles are luxuries you probably can do without. We have allowed them to make us addicted to our smartphones and our electronic devices. Maybe it's time to overcome our addictions and spend our money on getting ready for the future instead of funding those million dollar bonuses of telecom executives. The same thing goes for cable or satellite TV. Do you really need to have all the movie channels? Do you really need all the HD channels? Do you really need the expanded package with all the sports channels and all the music channels? Or can you get by just fine with the much less expensive basic package? Or better yet, do away with TV altogether. Radical idea, but somehow humanity survived for thousands of years before TV, so technically it is possible. So reduce your entertainment expenses. We may hate denying ourselves, but entertainment is a purely optional budget expense. Eliminate it. Learn or relearn how to have a good time for free or nearly free. Start a family game night. Play with your kids in the backyard. Invite friends over for a weekend cookout or a movie night with the DVD checked out from your local library for free. Next week, they can invite you over. Read a book checked out from the library for free, of course, instead of going to a movie. Libraries are a wonderful source of free entertainment. In addition to books and magazines, many libraries today also offer audiobooks, movies on DVD, music CDs, and even board games that you can check out. Many have story times for young children and lecture series for adults you can attend for free. Give up the vacation away from home this year. Instead of heading for the beach or Disneyland or wherever, stay home. Spend a week visiting local museums, zoos, botanical garden, historical sites, parks, or a wildlife refuge. Go on a picnic or nature hike. Go fishing at a local lake. 
play frisbee with your kids in the backyard, or just relax at home thinking of all the money you are saving. Reduce your home energy use. Turn off lights, TVs, and electronics whenever you leave a room. Set your thermostat to conserve energy. Consider replacing old appliances with new, energy-efficient models. Super insulate your house. Consider installing energy-efficient windows. Many power companies offer a free or low-cost home energy audit for their customers, which can identify weak points in your home's installation and other energy wasters, along with advice to reduce your energy use. All right, guys, so that is the article. Not a very long one, but one that gets us thinking, and hopefully it will get you focused on this idea of, you know what, things aren't getting any better. So what I want you to do, unless you are like, you are just so young and you just got a brand new job and you're making more money than you ever had, most of us who've been, who have a little bit more seasoning on us, right? Look back and really take stock of your finances and where you've come. Is your money buying you more than it did before? Or are you seeing some differences? I think if we were honest, we would see how prices are continuing to go up in a lot of things, right? Now, there are deals out there and, you know, definitely like when he was talking about the phone there, and we've got a pretty sweet deal with T-Mobile and uh, for our family here, you know, in the Houston area, but we don't have a problem with T-Mobile. I know other people have problems with connecting and stuff like that and, and service, We've never had a problem here in the Houston area, but we've got we have a really sweet deal. And so, you know, when he talks about that 1999, I completely understand what he's talking about there. So, you know, are there ways that you can cut, you know, cut in and you can save money? So there are there are deals out there. Definitely, you can jump from one internet service provider or one cable service provider to the other and you know every year you're jumping back and forth and I've never understood why they do that it's like they offer you the special deal then after the year it's over and you you know you go you know they give it to you full price and you're like well I can go over here to this other one and they're going to charge me you know this price right here and they're like well sorry sir we can't give you that price and so then you wind up jumping to this other one right and then you just wind up going back and forth and back and forth there are ways, you know, that you can, you remember back in the old days before anybody had cable, you had an antenna. Well, now everything is kind of HD and you have, you know, these signals that are going through. They're not really going through like those old fashioned antennas, you know, and I really haven't seen one on a, on a roof in a long time, right? But you can get a receiver that will, or an antenna that will receive um, signals, right? So you can get your local television stations you might need to lift it up a little higher or whatever you might need to do something you know to to get a better signal but you can do that and so you can easily go to you know like best buy order it off of uh you know amazon even walmart you know in their electronic section carries those types of antennas where you just connect it like with a coax right if you're just wanting basic television service so you have that and that would be for free so there are a lot of things that you can do. One of the things definitely is, can you be bringing in more money, right? You have a job and maybe your job, you haven't experienced a raise in a while. And that's what I was I was getting to before I kind of got distracted here. 
We've seen prices go up, but we've really not seen salaries go up, right? Unless you've jumped ship or you've gone to, you know, uh, you find a better paying job or whatever, for the most part, you're not getting raises. You're not getting, you're not seeing those types of things hardly anymore. It's like you get hired and it feels like you get locked into a certain pay scale and you're, you're there. But you need to find ways to bring extra money. That's why I am a big proponent of having a micro business or a small business, finding something that you love. You know, I'm I'm proud of one of the girls that used to go to go to my church. I've been seeing her on Facebook Live lately. She's been doing uh, selling jewelry. So she's making jewelry and then she's going on live and then she's asking people that she knows that sees her live to share it out on their on their uh, you know. Facebook uh, pages and stuff like that. And so on their feeds is what I'm trying to say. And so people will see it. And she's like, hey, if you here is this piece that I just made. And if you like it, I will, you know, drop it off at your house or I can send it to you or whatever, you know, and all those types of things. And she's doing that. It seems like two or three times, uh, two or three times a week she's doing that. And people are like, I really like that one. I want that one, right? And so she's making extra money for her family being able to do that. So she loves making jewelry. And then she is going on online and selling it, right? And so she's she's got a way of being able to do that. And I feel that everybody has that. I know we work hard we come home and it's like you just want to veg out. You don't want to do anything. But, you know, we're at this point where we might need to be pushing ourselves just a little bit. One of the things that I, I wanted to bring up because I was thinking about this, a lot of the times people will feel like, you know what, I deserve that vacation. I deserve to go out to eat. You really don't. You know, a lot of the times that can even be that can come from a poverty mentality. When we study that in education for educational purposes, that poverty mentality would be like, for instance, you have maybe like a single mother who's not able to make rent, but they go spend a hundred dollars to buy their, you know, six, seven year old kid, you know, some, some Air Jordans or what. I don't, I don't even know if, you know, they're selling those anymore or whatever. Right. But anyway, so yeah, they spend all this money, hundred dollars on sneakers when they can't even make you know, they, they can't even make their rent or they can't buy food or whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, while I have this money, I'm going to spend it because I, you know, once I spend it, it's gone forever. And that's that poverty mentality. Whereas, you know, hey, you know that I got to be responsible. I have a roof that I have to pay for, you know, to be over our head and food, you know, to put on uh, the table and utilities so that we have electricity and water and all those types of things. Right. And so all those things come into play. So you might not be there necessarily, but it's one of those things where you can be close to it, especially if you're living paycheck to paycheck. That's one of those things is like, man, I don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck because any little bump in the road, right? Going to the emergency clinic can put a real hamper on your monthly budget. Uh, a, a tire being blown out can really just kind of mess up your whole budget and your whole scheme of things. And then by the time you know it, you're behind and then you're always playing catch up. And then you just you just feel this stress that continues to come day after day, week after week, and it just never seems to go away because there's no extra money coming in. So I truly believe in having a micro biz or a second biz 
business is very uh, is very important. You know, I, I talk about that quite often, and I wish everyone would would look into that. Right? I think that's that's something that everyone should consider, especially those in preparedness. Because when you get that extra money, you can put it towards savings. You can put it towards purchasing, you know, your preparedness gear, items, extra food, that kind of stuff. And you can pay down debt, right? And so if you had that to do, there's just so many things out there that you can do that people would be willing to pay for that, you know, could bring in extra money for your family. All right. So let me let me end it. There's so many other things I want to talk about, but let me just end it and uh, end it with this. So today I went to Wally World, right? And I don't really like going to Wally World, um, but sometimes it's just, it's convenient. So I went in. And so one of the things that they have done is they have gotten rid of almost all the checkers. And so a lot of it is you have the the checkers where you go and, uh, you know, you have a small amount of stuff. And then they have like lanes, like regular lanes where there used to be a checker. And they have like the the belt and all that type of stuff, but you're still the checker, right? And so they have you know one person kind of managing all these people that are checking out, and then they have maybe two or three registers open. Now, so what I realized, and I don't want to talk about necessarily get into the whole fact of they're taking jobs away. For the most part, every company they're they're. They're in business to make money, and that's what they're doing, right? So they're cutting costs by by doing that. But I think sometimes they're kind of forcing. I wish they would have done it a little bit. They would have eased into it just a little bit more, maybe sold it a little bit different. But anyway, it's kind of like one day it was there, and the next day it wasn't, right? And so one of the one of the things that I noticed is that the people that were checking out of course, there was lines because there's a lot of people that refuse to go through those self-checkouts is they were like the oldest people that they could have put, you know, that that work there, right? They're an older associates and really they're like grandma, grandfatherly like. There, There was one younger girl, but even when I say younger, I'm talking about she was younger than the grandfatherly guy that was doing my, you know, my checkout, but she was still older, right? Um, there's a grocery store that's really close to me and they always used to have young people checking out. But I've noticed too that uh, there are, they just have older people. And so I'm starting to observe that. And then I'm observing the older people here at Wally World. And I'm thinking, you know what, this is a pretty sad situation because it used to be a, uh, you know, a job that you know somebody in high school would do, maybe somebody in college would do. I mean, that's that's the way it was, at least I feel it was growing up and going to the grocery store. But I finally, anyway, so I stayed in this, I'm kind of like drifting off. I stayed in this one lane and I purposely did it because I just wanted to have a different experience. I had a little bit of time. It was convenient for me to go to, the, to Wally World, but I had a little bit of time. And so I wasn't going to go through the self-checkout. I was going to go through the, the one standing line a little bit more. And I just wanted the the different experience. And I was looking at this guy and I was seeing him uh, move very, very slowly. Like I said, he was a grandfatherly type. I mean, this guy should have been at home, you know, taking the kids out, you know, to the park and, and the grandkids out to the park and stuff like that. And he just was working very, very slow. 
and he just looked miserable. He looked, and when I say miserable, he just looked tired, like he was just completely ragged out, right? And so he's, I finally get up there and how, you know, how are you? You know, we kind of exchanged some pleasantries and, and, um, you know, I made a mention of, you know, I'm trying to get back home before it gets, before it starts raining. He goes, well, you know, I've only been here for like an hour or two, which, which got me thinking he's only been working for an hour or two. And he just looks like, man, I really don't want to be doing this. And of course my mind starts going, why, why are you here in this position? And of course, our minds can go in so many different ways, but I'm taking into account this guy. I'm taking into account the old lady, the old grandma, you know, type woman that's next to him on the next register. I'm thinking about the grocery store that's close to me where there's older people that, you know, like in their fifties that are, that are cash, you know, cashiers and stuff like that. And these people probably don't want to be there. These people didn't didn't go through their life thinking when I am in my mid sixties, I am going to be, you know, a cashier at Walmart or at a grocery store at something like that, you know? And it's like, but circumstances have taken them there for whatever reason. Right. And so for whatever reason, the circumstances got them there. They probably didn't think that they were going to be there. And the fact that they're there probably means they're going to be there until they quote unquote retire and the government, you know, kicks in. And that is, that's not a real living wage either, right? You can't really live on that. A lot of people would say, you know what, I'm going to forego retirement. I'm going to just continue to work because I can't truly retire or live off of what the government is going to give me, right? So maybe these people thought that I don't need to, maybe I can live large. I don't need to do a retirement plan. The government's going to take care of me, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then they get to the later years in life. And it's like, man, I, I didn't plan on being here. That's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a cashier at Walmart, but this is the job that I can find. This is the job that I can work at. And I'm stuck standing up, you know, four, eight, whatever, however many hours uh, a day to work for this paycheck so that I can make ends meet. And so that just kind of got me thinking, and that might not be the case for that guy that, that, that I'm referring to, but I can, I can almost guarantee you that's the case for a lot of people. I've heard of a lot of people that have gone back to work or even teachers who uh, have come back to work because maybe their spouse lost their job or whatever and they had retired early and they have come back to work because they just can, can't continue to live the way that they have normally lived. And so I'm seeing that a lot out there. So if we can begin to move, to insulate ourselves from being in that predicament, to finding ourselves in that predicament later on down the road, right? That's if everything else continues to stay, you know, normal, right? We don't experience some big uh, catastrophe that just, you know, the grid or whatever, right? EMP, all that kind of stuff, or, you know, the economic spiral downward continues to slowly creep downward that we don't find ourselves, you know, in our later years having to just nonstop work in a job that we don't want to. We want to have options, right? Now, I always say I don't plan on retiring, but I don't want to work at a job like, you know, standing up on my feet, 
you know, eight hours a day checking out people, asking them if they want paper or plastic or fighting, you know, fighting with them about, you know, the price is $1.99 instead of, you know, $2.99 or whatever. So that's not, that's not the option that I want. I want to be able to have options and you want to have options as well. So part of that is your financial preparedness, your house needs to be in order now. You need to do those things now. So, you know, I go back to what Dave Ramsey says. He says, live like no one else so that when you're older, you can live like no one else. And I think that is a very wise counsel. So guys, I know that I've been rambling off here towards the end, but it really, really moved me today when, like I said, when I went through Wally World and I saw this, this older guy and he just, you know, he just had his nose down. He was doing his work, but he didn't look very happy, you know, in talking with him, you know, he, he seemed to smile a little bit more, but I was, I was just thinking in my head, this guy really shouldn't be here. According to you know what everybody believes and how we 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 imagine ourselves as we get older in life, this is not probably the plan that he had for himself. And so, what can you do now to make sure that you you don't find yourself in that situation? Right? How can you prepare now? Preparedness is not always just about food, water, guns, and and, and first aid. It's about making smart decisions now right now so that it can impact your future and impact the lives of your of your kids and so i think that's important so hopefully guys you found value in this podcast i'd love to hear from you again like i said you can always come to the episode to uh episode 528 and leave a comment for me and and just let me know man if you have if you're experiencing, maybe you're one of those that you've you're found yourself in a place in life where you didn't want to to be right. You like Todd. I never imagined myself that I would have been in this predicament where I'm at right now. Then leave me a comment, and you know maybe you can help somebody else out. Maybe you can point back to some decisions that you made, you know, and maybe you can share some things that you're doing now to better help yourself as you continue to move forward in the future. And then maybe there's some of you out there that are like, Todd, really, this has been a wake up call or, you know, there's something here that has helped me. I'd love to be able to, to, I would love to hear from you, right? And to, and to know that this episode made a difference for you. All right, guys. So that is going to be it for this article. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you can go over to timgamble.com and check it out. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 528. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.